Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to the Faces of TBI podcast series. My name is Amy Zelmer, and I am the founder of FacesofTBI.com and the host for today's podcast. The goal of this podcast series is to bring awareness to, to traumatic brain injury, and it is created by survivors for survivors. Each week, you will hear from caregivers, survivors, medical professionals, and other people that are interested in the effort to raise awareness about this invisible injury. And it's also a way to help unite and educate fellow survivors. Those of you who don't know who I am, I am a TBI survivor from a fall on the ice in 2014. I am a frequent contributor to the Huffington Post, writing mostly about TBI, so be sure to check me out there. And I volunteer on the Brain Injury Association of America's Advisory Council. I also created the FacesofTBI.com website, where you can follow my blog to read more about me and my journey, as well as sign up for my monthly TBI newsletter. You can also check out other podcasts that have been recorded, And you can also check out my recently released book, Life with a Traumatic Brain Injury, Finding the Road Back to Normal. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram as at Amy Zellmer. And so today we're going to be talking about writing your own book. And today my guest, I have Mike Strand. And Mike has seen brain injury not only through his own experience, but through listening to numerous experiences from those whose stories have entered his mind and touched his heart as he has participated in and then facilitated numerous support groups. We all share a common experience in our own way, and Mike has a natural gift with words that allows him to express the many frustrations and emotions in clear language and often with humor. Mike began writing for the Minnesota Brain Injury Alliance's newsletter, which is what led him down the path of writing not one, but three books on his brain injury experiences. So welcome to the show, Mike. I'm so glad to have you here today. Thank you, Amy. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, you know, and um, Mike and I had the pleasure of meeting. He actually came to my book release party. So that was very wonderful to get to meet you in person. And um, you gave me a copy of your book, which I have um, gotten about halfway through, but it's a lovely book. And it's just, it's really exciting to get a book in your hands that someone you know has written. So um, Mike, why don't you start by giving our listeners a little bit of background about you and um, your journey with TBI? Of course. Um, Well, I got a brain injury back in 1989. I was leaving work, and I pulled out in front of a semi-truck, and that was all she wrote about that. I was in a coma for about 10 days and was in a hospital for eight weeks. And it was, it was I was pretty severely brain damaged, <laughs> to say the least. Uh, and it, well, you got hit I by a truck, for, literally. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. And uh, the the only thing really interesting or unique about my particular uh, brain injury was that uh, there there wasn't a mark on me besides, you know, I had this uh, coup counter coup brain injury. Uh, 
but it says even in my in my medical records that the patient arrived in pristine condition. So wow. It, yeah, I mean, most people I know that have had been in car accidents and stuff. I mean, they've got a million problems, and the brain injury gets addressed last because it's not what people right. see. Right. You know, and that's huge. And with right. me, that's all I had wrong with me. So it was pretty much front and center the whole time. So that that was a unique aspect of that. And then uh, I spent probably the first 10 years after my brain injury um, just working on um, rehab-type things. I didn't speak very well, so I was working on my speech. I... Uh, <clears throat> um, was working on learning to walk and getting walking again. And so a lot of all these sorts of things. Um, and then finally, in about uh, 1998, I sent in a, a an essay that I'd written for the Brain Injury Alliance newsletter, and they accepted it, and they printed it, and they got some really good responses to it. So they... Uh, asked me to write another one, and I wrote another one, and that went on like that for a while. And then they said, well, "We're going to give you a, col- uh, a column. You'll have your, you'll have something in every issue." And I said, "Okay," but it was kind of weird because I thought, I, d- I, th- I said everything I had to say the first time I wrote something. <laughs> you know, and then I said, guess "Okay, not. <laughs> guess not. Here's this. All right." And then. And and that happened. That was that was kind of the way it was for the first couple of years when I'd write something and like, okay, now I pretty much said everything. And then eventually I got to the point that I went, no, you know what? You can always. There's always something more to write about. And, and so, so you've actually you know, you've actually been writing for the the newsletter for a long time, then. Yeah, since yeah, I guess it's almost twenty years now. Since yeah, 98, so. that's, that's awesome. Wow, <laughs> so, that's fantastic. Yeah, so I've and, written. And so the listeners know, um, their newsletter comes out in a very nice, it's like almost like a little magazine. Um, I don't know if it's always been that way, but that's currently what it's like. So it's um, it's really pretty cool to, to see your work in print like that, isn't it? <laughs> it, it is neat. And now it, under- it, 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 And now I understand how you've made three books out of it. Wow. Good for you. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I've written probably easily over two hundred of these essays mm-hmm. over over the years, and um, that's kind of why this third book I, I kind of have it announced. This is my last book uh, because <laughs> I, I'm I'm getting to the point with them now that when I write something, I have to try and think. Okay, did I already write about this? Did I already mention this? And in fact, when we were going over, as going over with my publisher, we kept finding passages and paragraphs that were almost identical that I had just written about twice. And so we go, okay, let's get rid yeah. of that. Leave that around stuff. Yeah. So, so that's, you know, but now having said that, who knows? <laughs> like happen to another never. font, and then also, you're right, exactly. So, so tell us how you went from writing these newsletters to actually publishing that first book. What year did you publish the first one? 
Um, well, it's, it's interesting. The the first book actually was written. Uh, it came out in '93 by a different publisher because I had the way this worked was I I had been writing these these uh, essays and people who would get a brain injury start getting the magazine and liked my articles who want back issues. And they had so many requests for back issues that they said, Mike, you really should publish <laughs> this stuff. So I, I I published my my first bit, and this was through a, a different publisher that I had. Uh, it was a friend of mine who who had his own publishing company, and he read my he when he was reading the articles, he realized that his little brother um, had probably had a brain injury, and they went and checked it out, and sure enough, and so he said, "Mike, this book is amazing. I've got to publish this book." And so he published it, but it wasn't really his his genre of books, so he didn't have any real connections with it. He couldn't really do a full job on it. I mean, he an awesome publisher, great guy, but it wasn't it wasn't where he had all his connections and stuff. Uh, so mm-hmm. it, it did well for at, at first, and then it kind of petered out. And then uh, uh, Marilyn Lash from Lash Publishing contacted me in now now my memory is going to fail me somewhere like around two thousand nine, ten, something like that. And the book was out of out of print, and Lash wanted to print their own version of it, kind of give it, give it a dusting off and new artwork and all this kind of stuff. Revival. <laughs> Revival, yeah. So, um, so of course I said sure, and I uh, uh, went with that. And then by that time I said, you know, I've got enough here to do another book. So they went ahead and they said, okay, great. Like a year after uh, Meditations on Brain Injury came out, then Expanded Consciousness, more Meditations on Brain Injury came out. And now I've got Final Reflections, uh, the last one in the series. So that that's how my um, path. And... Go ahead. That's, that's how my path, path works. Yep. That's how my path yeah, works. I that have, was the path um, that I took. I have a copy of Expanded Consciousness in my hand right now. Um, and then is your is your third book the what is it called? Final. Final reflections. Final reflections. Um, is that one available for purchase right now? Is it already out? I know your your book party yeah. is at the end of the month, so I wasn't yeah, sure if it was yeah, already that, available. That, right. Yeah. See that. Um, Yes, it is out. It and is. I, I have, I have the link in the show notes. So if anyone's looking for it, it's in the show notes um, on the Faces of TBI site. So if anyone's looking for it, they can find it there. Is it on Amazon also, or no? No, you don't. The only way you can get it is there's two ways to get it. One, well, I suppose three. There's one is is from Lash Publishing directly. The other one is through. Uh, my favorite local bookstore, which is Valley Bookseller in Stillwater, they carry it. And then, of course, if you come to my my book launch at the end of the month in Stillwater, I'll have copies there. So that's the three ways to get it. 
Excellent. Well, I'm excited to. I'm an. I'll, I plan on coming to your party, so I, I'm excited. All right. To well, I came to one. yours, so you got to come to mine. I know. I know. <laughs> so, <close>. um, <laughs> so with your book, you actually have a publisher, and so you had zero out-of-pocket expenses, correct? Yes, and I, I wanted to um, to bring up the, this point. Is there are a lot of ways to publish, get your book published because there's a lot of ways people have come up with to take your money. And, yes. <laughs> and it's 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 tough because when when you talk about your brain injury to someone, they invariably will say, "Wow, you should write a book. That's an amazing story." And mm-hmm. it gives you the impression that if you just wrote this book, it's it's it makes perfect sense. I can't do what I used to do. What am I going to do for money? I know I'll turn my adversity into an income stream. This is the way to do it. I'll write a book. It'll it'll top the charts because everyone says it'll be an amazing book. <laughs> and right. you know, and I'll just go to the mailbox every day and take the check. Um, but of course, <laughs> as you know, it's not quite how it works. It doesn't work like that. <laughs> uh, no, no. You got there's there's there are a, a lot of books by uh, survivors out there which is great. Um, so, you, you you know, you you don't have an edge on the market in that respect. So then right. it comes back down to marketing your book, and, and that's a whole different thing. Yeah. And, you know, just to kind of fill our listeners in, so my book I self-published. Um, I went the self-publishing route. I hired an editor. I hired a formatter. And I hired a printer to print my book. Um, so I did a Kickstarter campaign. And I was able to fund the money that I needed to pay up front out of pocket. Um, I have sold since November about 600 books. And I have been told that that number is very excellent for a self-published book. Um, but in my mind, I'm kind of like, I've only sold 600. Um because, I mean, it is. The marketing efforts are just huge. I mean, I have a private group of TBI survivors, caregivers, medical professionals, and there's about 4,000 people in that group. And you would think out of 4,000 that I would have sold more than 500 books. Um, so the marketing aspect of it is really, really huge. Um, you have to do all that marketing yourself. Even when you have a publisher like you do, Mike, um, you still have to do a lot of the marketing efforts yourself. They oh, they oh, might definitely. do some of them, but yeah, definitely. Uh, they yeah. they they have published my book and they have their own connections and and stuff. But it's um it's pretty much on my back to to yes. promote my book. Think, people think oh you had it published by a publisher oh. You know, they think that you just sit back and collect that paycheck. And, again, that's that's not how it works. And um, you, you still have to do a lot of the marketing, and a lot of that falls into your lap. So, yeah. Right. And, <laughs> and actually, the, <laughs> exactly. And, and the way the publishing market works now and the way it would work for 
for unless you have an amazing difference. The way it would work is you you self-publish or publish like I did through a, a small publisher. And if that if your book does amazingly well, one of the big boys will pick it up because it's already, it's already a sure bet. Right. And then it'll right. then it then it will get international or national exposure. It'll get into bookstores and yeah. stuff. But um, short of that, it's pretty much all on your back, which is really tough when you um, have a brain injury, because yeah. it's hard to have the executive functions to put this all together and make it happen, and to have the energy to keep at it. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the yeah the 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 way to do it is to um, publish your you publish your book and actually what you what the, the thing to be doing is to have a speaking career and to get into public speaking mm-hmm. and then you as part of your bonus to being a public speaker is you have a book and the book gives you credibility as a speaker yeah, yeah. sort of thing and and so you go that way with it um, but that's a whole lot of energy it requires a that you can speak intelligibly and clearly and in front of an audience, which is not that common. A, <laughs> uh, it's hard to do. And um, you do all that, and then you ideally what you do is you find a sponsor who will uh, buy a book for everyone who comes to the conference or comes to your speaking engagement. Mm-hmm. So everyone just by going to your, to your thing – will get a book um, because selling books through a book signing, as I'm sure you know, is, is it's not a good way to sell a lot of books because it takes a lot of time right. to carry these books in, do this book signing, sit there, and and even if you have a lot of people. people <laughs> right, right. Most of the time it's like, Growing up, my parents were um, craft people, and I spent a lot of time at craft fairs, sitting at a table, hoping someone would come by and, and buy mm-hmm. whatever tchotchke item you had, and I hated it. And doing a book signing is pretty much the <laughs> same way. You sit there hoping someone will come by, and you might sell, you know, if it's, if it's a gangbuster afternoon, you'll sell 20 books. You know, and I'm going, okay, that's not just not that much money for the afternoon. You know, right. and it's, it's not the way to go. Now, if you if you have a, a a book signing thing where you've got 200 people show up and they've already the books in their swag bag when they go to the event, then you've already sold 200 books. Yeah. And you just got to sign the books for whoever wants to come up and get it signed. And that's the way to you do know, it. Which, by the way, I haven't pulled off know, yet. But <laughs> <laughs> you're working towards it. I'm working towards it too, Mike. I haven't pulled it off yet either. Um, you know, I when I do so recently, I was just out in Washington D.C. and I spoke to about six different um, support groups, and I got to meet with the members, and I sold a handful of books. But the biggest thing was in these groups, at least one or two people would come up to me and say, "I want to write a book." And, you know, I tell them, great, go for it. You know, I mean, the process of writing itself is very, very therapeutic. Even if it never becomes a book or a blog or anything, 
simply writing it down and getting it out of your head is very, very therapeutic. So I encourage anyone to at least, you know, write in the sense of journaling. Um, But, you know, you can't, I'm trying to think of how to word this politely, but, you know, you have to be a good writer to publish a book or have a really good editor um, to help make your writing sound very, very intelligent and readable. Um, Because, you know, a lot of TDI survivors kind of ramble when they write. Um, And so you have to be a really good storyteller. You have to be able to articulate what you're trying to say. Um, and would, would you agree with that if, if you want it to, to actually be a sellable book? Yeah, that's, that's the, the trick to definitely write. I'd encourage everyone to write. It's very therapeutic. Um, journaling is so important. If you go to the Lash Publishing website, Barbara Stahura has written a book on journaling, and it's very much a, a – uh, proponent of journaling she gives seminars on that and there are it's a very therapeutic thing and it i found i didn't start writing to be therapeutic i started writing to write about it but i found that it was very therapeutic and mm-hmm. and it would just because you have these these ideas and feelings and emotions floating around kind of unformed in your mind and they clutter up and when you when you write right. it forces you to put structure and order to them and and clearly say oh it's just like talking out your problem with a friend you know it's only you're writing it out to um what whoever whatever audience would read including yourself you go you know I read my own stuff on on several occasions um sometimes my my wife will say I'll be doing something, and, and she'll say, "Do you ever read what you write?" <laughs> because I won't be taking my own advice. <laughs> but um, that's funny. <laughs> um, but definitely, that there there are a lot of. That's one thing that was not available to me when I started writing, and it's available now. Is is a Kickstarter or a GoFundMe yeah. sort of thing? And before I put money, I didn't really have to throw away. Into writing a, into publishing a book. There's there's all kinds of um, publishing on demand. The last thing you want is a garage full of books moldering away, waiting for right. someone to buy them. You know. So, uh, but getting back to to writing as a craft, um, if you're really going to write a book for for sales, you you have to look at. Um, am I a good writer? And it doesn't mean <laughs> that you're skilled at, at, at metaphors and, and putting things together. Being a good writer is writing simply and clearly mm-hmm. and telling a good story. And, and to me, that's above and beyond um, a cleverly turned phrase or a neat right. way of putting things. I mean, you know that might be my talent. I can't. I could never have developed it. But people like my writing for the metaphors I use and examples I come up with and stuff. But if I were going to write yeah, a book, I'm, to- I'm told often that people enjoy my book because it. I have. 
I write in a style that's very easy to read and digest, especially for a TBI survivor. So that that's more important than getting like super fancy with your writing. Like people think, you know, that you have to be, you know, Shakespearean to write a book. Right. And that's right. not at all it. Right, and that's something that that I struggle against because you notice in some. It's better that I write in in short essays because my 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 style of writing would be very hard to read. In a, in a novel, I would have to write differently in a novel. I would write mm-hmm. um, much more flowing and and and, and uh, easier to read. Otherwise, for what I write now, it's it's very proper for an essay. But it's right. the wrong style for a whole book. And that's my book is similar. Um, mine were all blog posts on Huffington Post that I compiled into a book. So it's very similar to like what you're saying. Yes, it and, is. You know, like they're just short essays. Um, you know, and so my editor, she worked really hard because, you know, in each of my posts, I had to talk about how I got my TBI. And so, you know, there's a lot of redundancies in my posts. Um, Right. So she did a really great job of cleaning it up and making it all flow together. I could have never had the, oh, I don't know, I can't think of the word. I wouldn't have the ability to do that. <laughs> um, like that was beyond my comprehension level at that point in time. Um, well, so I was very it's, blessed it's, it's, to have her. <laughs> exactly. And that's, that's what I – I find. It. I mean, I I can write something that makes sense to me, but how does this come off to someone else? You know, that's the advantage of having yeah. a, an editor. You know, I even my editor at the at the Brain Injury Alliance, uh, Phil Gonzalez. He does this all the time. He says, you know, Mike, what does this mean? What are you trying <laughs> to say here? And I'm like, oh, you're right. Even I, it's I'll come back to, to it after. It is. I'll come back to it after a month, and I'll be going. What did I? What was I thinking? I have no idea what I meant when I wrote this. So it gives me. You know. It gives you. You know. You. I'm sure you've had to do this too. You go back and review, not immediately, but a few days later, what you've written. Right. And you kind of come at it, and you don't remember what you didn't. You don't know what you meant. You're going, okay, I'm ready. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was just say that. <laughs> like you write something. Like even now, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've read my book because you know, in the editing process, I had to read it and proofread it and all that. And right. I've done book readings. You know, I can't tell you how many times I've read my book, but then I'll read a chapter and be like. Dang, this is really good. I wrote this. <laughs> you know, it's like I don't even remember it. It's just oh, TBI memory at its best. It, it really is, and it, I've uh, the end of, of my latest book. I've got a couple examples of this is what I sent in, and this is what was published. And ah, that's to great. show people how different it can be, and. A couple of them, these weren't to the Brain Injury Alliance. This, a couple of them were, were, were to professional journals. And so they had they had a different standard of, you know, I can just write my opinion. But they can't have it to come out as opinion. So yeah, they have to exactly. change the, you know. You, and, the tone. Right. And my basic attitude is, you know, it's it's your publication. Um, it's your butt on the line for what gets published. So if you're gonna t- if you're gonna use it, you know it's 
your responsibility. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you you can't write that sort of thing. But it, and but I've been right. fortunate. And no, right. no one's I really. Agree. I can see there being issues that they're trying to change it dramatically and give it a total totally different meaning from what I intended. That might be an issue, but that's never come up. Usually they're putting it much more clearly than I wrote it. <laughs> so I'm going, oh, that is, mm, that is better, you know. Um, so I've never, Mike, I've never had an argument. About, okay, sorry, we're just about out of time, and I want to make sure that we get to mention um, on April 14th, you're going to be speaking at the Brain Injury Association of Minnesota's annual conference. And you are talking about your experience of returning to school as an adult with a TBI, and you are getting your BA in English. So very, very proud of you. That's very exciting. And you you have a book launch party and signing at Tin Bins in Stillwater, and that's April 28th at 6 p.m. So congratulations on both those endeavors. And thank Thank you you. so very much for being on the show today. You're very welcome. So thank you. Great to be able to talk about these things. Yes, it's very exciting. So thank you, Mike. And thank you, everyone, for joining in and listening. Um, Be sure to visit facesoftbi.com to listen to previous podcasts and see upcoming topics. On this Thursday, I will have Rachel Katz on the show. She's a speech therapist. And we'll be talking all about aphasia. So thank you again for listening. And thank you for being part of my journey. And I will see you all again next time.